This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie, And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. everybody. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. We've got a great show for you today. First, we are chatting with actor and now author Vincent D'Onofrio. What a sweetie. So nice. Very, very serious. Yes, and very gentle. And also, he didn't think it was weird that I love the cell. I love that. Spoiler alert, Ashley loves the cell. Yeah, that is weird, but I do. It's like a fever dream, that movie. It just was so beautiful. Then we are also talking about how to show up for your teens when big feelings come up. As you guys know, I'm older, and so all my friends have teenagers, even though I have a four-year-old who thinks she's a teenager. And so I'm hearing all the conversation about how hard it is to have a teenager, so we're going to talk about that. As always, we have our hashtag swag bag, and up next, take it away, small child. Kicking shit. I only have tits that I can think of. Again? Ew. Life is okay. I don't want to complain for no reason. We finally fixed up our alleyway of our backyard. It was the last standing bit. I just feel like, how nice. My house feels nice. And we're continuing to do work. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. And I also like when I can find a project that doesn't cost a lot of money and we can do ourselves because then my husband is less inclined to fight me every time I'm like, let's do this. We can do this. Which he always is like, we can't do that. We got to hire somebody, which then of course would cost more money and it gets put off. While we were on that, I started looking into runner rugs, all kinds of stuff, you know. Love it. I just want to get my house feeling as good as I know it will. I mean, Lee and I are on that track a little bit too. Luckily, we moved into a place that had a lot already done, but there are still projects that we have had on the docket that just keep taking longer and longer. And my thing is I hate when they're like half done. I just like to knock a whole project off. Yeah. Home ownership is a lot like laundry where it's like as soon as you're done, something else comes about. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. That's all I got. I'm really happy. I love it. I have plans to grow climbing hydrangeas on the wall. So I have to find a nursery to go do that. And tomorrow we're going to a Phillies game, which is fun because we're going to go to Philadelphia. Sebby's going to take a half day and Matt's parents and his sister are going to be there. We rented a hotel that has a casino. So it's probably going to be a fun, silly time. Baseball is Matt's favorite. And so he wants to get to Sebastian to make him a Phillies fan before the kids here make him a Mets or Yankees fan. So this is all part of the plan. Well, once he sees that fanatic, he's never going to look back. He's so much better than Mr. Met. Mommy's just going to be eating dollar dogs and drinking lots of beer. That's my plan. Oh my goodness. Okay, so my tits are, I'm going to Sicily in two weeks. Oh, yeah, it is close, huh? Yeah. This yoga studio that I used to teach at in Brooklyn that I love the owner and I really loved everyone there. Two of the teachers are throwing a retreat in Sicily and we kind of last minute jumped on board for it. I've always wanted to go to Sicily. Half of my half Italian side, so I guess a quarter of me is Sicilian. The Sicilian side warned me not to travel alone as a woman there. And so I never went by myself. Why? It's just that dangerous in Sicily? When my grandparents lived in Sicily, 
honestly, it was far more dangerous than it is now because the Costa Nostra or whatever was still running things. I've traveled a lot by myself. And one of the things they said was like, here's other parts that I think are comfortable for you to travel in Italy by yourself as a young woman. Here's where I don't think you should. So I just never did. Got it. I don't know if that's the case now as a 45-year-old woman, but in my 20s, that's definitely what they said. I was also stupid in my 20s. So that might have also been part of it. But anyway, we're going to Sicily and I'm excited. Also, Lee and I are going on a yoga retreat by ourselves with no kid. I mean, that's pretty exciting. I haven't gone out of the country in a hot sack. I don't think I've gone out of the country since Luna's been born. Just getting my brain around all the things, but I'm excited. Isn't it so weird when you're an adult and you have a kid, you can't be fully excited about things because you're so busy? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, it's in three days. Now I can get excited. Yeah. I probably won't be excited until I'm on the plane because there'll be so much to do for everybody's lives. Anyway, the shits are, school is different. So I got into grad school and I'm actually starting. I got accepted into the summer semester. I start classes tomorrow. That's crazy. I was like, where's the course catalog? No course catalogs anymore. First of all, for a master's program, it's different because they don't handhold you. But also everything is so digital and weird. I even had to ask, what do you mean by online class? Is it like every Tuesday at this time and I'm watching a lecture that they're doing live? They're like, no, they've recorded it. You do it whenever you want. They give you a deadline syllabus of when you have to have papers, but you can take it whenever you want. And I was like, oh, I don't even understand how it works. That's how much of a dinosaur I am. I don't even understand how it works. Well, you will. Yeah, I will. It's just been the shits because all of a sudden I'm in school. It happens in like three days. I never ease into anything. I just jump right in and get thrown (laughs) back out. That's just how I roll. And every time I roll like this, I'm like, wow, this is chaotic. I should maybe roll a different way. But I don't. I just had to ask our babysitter how school works now because I just <laughs> didn't know. Bianca in college is like, so how does school work? I don't get it. Do I ever see other students? She's like, sometimes no. And I'm like, that's so weird. That's great for me with a no new friends and I'm an adult and everybody else is going to be like 20 something. I don't need to see them in person. That's fine. It's just so weird. The shits are just, I'm a dinosaur and I don't understand how school works. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's guest is an actor you know from Law & Order Criminal Intent, The Magnificent Seven, and my personal favorite, The Cell. He's here today to talk about his new children's book, Pigs Can't Look Up in Bookstores Now. Welcome, Vincent D'Onofrio. Hi, Vincent. Hi. And it's true, The Cell really is a movie that I love. I enjoyed doing that movie. It was very intense, but really cool. Very intense and very different, not like everything else out there. Totally, yeah. The book is so sweet. I know that you wrote in the back of the book the message, what you were hoping to 
to convey, but I'd love if you could share with our audience what the message of the book is. Yes, sure. The message of the book is that no matter what's going on in your environment, whether it's political or personal, you shouldn't turn your back on your neighbor. That's my belief. You should stand up for who you are, but don't stop doing little things for people, even if they seem to be insignificant. You can change your life by just reaching out to somebody and helping them out. You'll change their life and you'll change yours too. There are people all around us every day that could use a little help. I think now these days couldn't be a better time to understand that you really shouldn't turn your back on people, even if they turn their back on you. In the book, is geared towards this child experiencing her pig on her farm. That child could be anyone or anywhere in the world. None of it is gender-specific or environment-specific. And she just realizes for the first time that her pig needs a little help to see the stars. And in that, she reflects and realizes, wouldn't that be nice to see the stars for the first time? When I read the book to my four-year-old daughter afterwards, she said, you know, I think I need to be kinder. And she named this little girl at her school who's having a little bit of a hard time being at preschool. And I was like, you got the message, kid. And she's like, I'm going to make her a bracelet out of pipe cleaners and I'm going to bring it for her to school tomorrow. Perfect. So we know the book is based off a short poem that you tweeted called Pigs Can't Look Up in 2019. Can you tell us the evolution of how this poem, this tweet then turned into a book? In America, we live in a country that has been divided since it started. And sometimes we forget that, but other times we're reminded. I grew up in New York, but I also grew up in Florida, in both states. And I grew up in a small town at the time. It's a big town now, but it was called Hialeah, Florida. Are you Cuban? No, I'm not. My family is from Hialeah. We're Cuban. My best friend was Cuban. And the high school that I went to was a complete mix of white, black, and Cuban. And so my neighbors, on one side, I lived next to a family. They had evangelists playing on their television when I would go over their house. And then on the other side, we lived next to a liberal couple who also had children. And they were my friends. And they were my parents' friends, too. And we didn't have the same beliefs as they did. It's important that when big issues come up like women's choice and civil liberties, equal rights, all these big issues, it's important to stand your ground. But I don't believe that I should turn my back on my neighbor. They can turn their back on me, but I'm not going to turn my back on them. Maybe I'll learn something. Maybe they'll learn something too. So I tweeted that out. I wrote that little poem and I tweeted out, pigs can't look up. And it got a huge reaction and it still gets retweeted on my Twitter all the time. That's when I decided to turn it into a storybook. We have to ask, do you have a love of pigs yourself? We kept thinking, have I ever seen a pig look up? If you raise a pig in a totally natural, organic way and don't try to affect its growth in any way, most pigs grow up to anywhere from 100 pounds to 800 pounds. I just worked with a pig that was like 600 pounds in a few scenes I did in this movie, Dumb Money. They have fatty tissue on their spine and it makes them always look down. It's the way that their genetics are because they're ground feeders. I love weird facts like that, by the way. I never knew that. My parents just moved three hours upstate from where we are and they are in farm land. Yeah. And I see pigs all the time. I'm a city kid. I didn't know that. The smaller they are, the easier it is for them to look up to a certain extent. The bigger they are, then they can't look up anymore. Somehow, some weird way, I knew that fact and I thought, wow, this could work. And the way I write, I don't plan anything out. I just write the title, Pigs Can't Look Up, and then I just start typing. The tweet is completely unedited. I never looked back on it and changed anything. It affected so many people so quickly that I didn't want to change it at all for the children's book. It's like a pure transmission. Yeah, and I thought because of the length of it, it was so short. It was suit a picture book more than a children's storybook. The next one, it's a true story about a finch. 
in New York and something that happened to me, but I won't be the main character in it. But it will be a longer form, not an actual storybook, but it'll be somewhere between a picture book and a storybook. Well, since we are momtourage, we talk a lot of parent-centric questions, and we know that you're a father of three. What has been the most challenging part of parenthood for you? I would say the most important thing about my learning curve as a parent from when my first child was born until today, where I have a 31-year-old daughter now, who's the most amazing woman I've ever met. I can truly say now that when it comes to my children, I'm always in the gear of not standing in their way, but making sure that I have one eye on them at all times. So I guess it hasn't changed much since they were toddlers, actually. I feel like that's the part of parenting that never stops, is the guiding without getting in the way. Yeah, I think because my children are all very creative, I've always tried to teach them to be open to what's going on around them in other artistic worlds, that your inspiration as a creator of something, whatever it is, lies there. It lies in other people's people's works and in Mother Nature's work. So to bring that way of thinking into their worlds, I think has been successful and remind them that within that, all of those sources that I've tried to put in front of them were capable of failure, including Mother Nature. There's nothing more important as a creator, whatever you're creating, whatever art form you're into, to fail. The failing is everything. Start at zero every attempt. Don't try and reach for something you did the last time and put your head out on the chopping block every time. That reminds me, my favorite quote ever is by Samuel Beckett. And it's like, ever tried, ever failed, no matter. Try again, fail again, fail better. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Please plug yourself in all the things. I'm working for Marvel again right now. And we're doing a really cool series called Daredevil Born Again. And we're shooting that now. We'll be shooting that all year. It'll come out sometime after that, but it's going to be a really cool series. Awesome. Congratulations. And everybody, the book is available now. Vincent, thank you so, so much for joining us. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day to talk to us. We two are very nice and I appreciate it. Thank you. So how to show up for teens when big emotions arise. This is from NPR's Life Kit. They interviewed clinical psychologist Lisa Dammer, who wrote the book, The Emotional Lives of Teenagers. And although we don't have teenagers, we know a lot of you out there do. Well, pretty much everyone my age has a teenager because they all had babies at a regular age. For me, this one hits because the kind of frantic voicemail messages I'm getting are from my friends who have teens. And frankly, I'm scared to death. Yeah, I found a lot of the tips and pointers from this applicable to now. Our kids aren't just going to start watching how we handle things when they're teenagers. They're absorbing this information from us now. I do think this is relevant whether you're a parent of a younger kid or a teenager. And I also just want to say for the record, friends and listeners, we know that some of you have older kids and we don't try not to talk about older kids. We always want to come from what we know and we just don't know it. So we're trying to make an effort to reach varying demographics of kids and parents, but we can only speak of what resonates with us truthfully, so we're working on it. And also, if you're a listener and there's something you'd like us to cover, just shoot us an email. We're happy to give you what you want. We love email. We really do. So, first thing about teenagers that they made note of is they are great at detecting dishonesty. I mean, so are toddlers, but I think the difference is that teenagers will call you on it. Right. They have the wherewithal and the vocabulary to actually say something. And I also think that they take it more as an affront than a toddler does. They're like, ew, you're lying. 100% because they feel like they're adults and they're wondering why are we sugarcoating things? So the big thing is, 
teens are going through very big neurological changes. So scientifically, their brain upgrades in different phases. And I'm not going to go into what the exact phase is that does what, but essentially the emotion centers get upgraded before the perspective maintaining systems do. So they're feeling lots of emotion. And a lot of times they don't even know why they're feeling emotion or what's going on. It's just the way that they're developing. That's a really important thing, I think, to keep in mind. They can't help it. It's their brain. Absolutely. An hour or so will pass and be like, I don't know what happened to me. And I remember feeling like that as a teenager, just so crazy emotional and looking back and being like, man, that was nuts. I thought I was going crazy. I was like, oh no, here it comes, the mental illness. See, I wasn't so in tune with that at that point in my life. Well, if your dad's a therapist, you're in tune. Pretty much. It's a sign of solid mental health to be in a dark place, but we need to know how to crawl out of it. I want to get that tattooed on my body. I know. (laughs) Because we go through so much in life, so it's okay to be in a scary, dark mental place. Yeah, it's unhealthy to always be okay. You just need to have the wherewithal of how to handle it. So here are some ideas of how to know if your kid is going through something normal or this is a not normal mental health concern. So if the feeling makes sense and it's handled in a way that brings relief and no harm, that's healthy. That's okay. So if they are feeling upset and they need to go for a run by themselves, that's healthy. However, if they're handling their emotions of the event are way out of proportion and they're dealing with it in a hazardous way, not healthy. Something to keep in mind. You have a bad day. Parents, you come home and you say, oh, that was a terrible day. I need to have a drink. Not setting the best example. And I'll tell you, I'm the first one to do that. That made me take a good look in the mirror. Yeah. She also said that there are some tools to help teenagers through big feelings, which is just empathize. You don't have to solve it. You just can say, man, that sounds like that sucks. I'm sorry to hear that. Something my mom used to say is, I'll share the burden with you. That's nice. I mean, I don't know if that's healthy or not. I'm not a therapist, but that always made me feel better. It made me feel like I literally could feel part of my stomach ache would be lifted and go to her. I mean, it's empathy. So what could be harmful about it? Yeah. There's also the first reaction versus the second reaction. So that's when strong feelings subside. When they first tell you about it, talk about it, they might seem a little more dramatic, for lack of a better word. And then the second reaction will tend to be a little more calmed down. The third tip was to tell them if they start doing negative self-talk, it's a good idea to say something like, don't talk about someone I love like that. Didn't you tell me your mom said to Sebi, don't talk about my friend like that? Yes, she said it to Sebi, but it was about me. He was talking shit about me or something. No, I know, but you telling me the story, talk me that. Yeah, it's something I've been doing for the past couple of years as well. I've done it to you also, where it's like, if you're talking shitty about yourself, I'm like, don't talk about my friend that way. Something about that is really helpful. It's like a little slap. Yeah, it really does bring you out of it. If you want to break a kid out of over-processing, you're going to shift gears towards a strategy that helps them feel more in control and you can offer a brief distraction, which I thought was really helpful. So if they're having a really out-of-control response, really over-the-top response. That's me all the time, even as an adult. (laughs) I know, me too. I thought this was really helpful for me. Do something to distract you. Like say, oh, this sucks. You know what? How about we take a break from this? Make some cookies or watch some TV. I used to take myself to a movie because I would not think about it during the movie. I remember my college boyfriend and I broke up and my parents took me to Disney World. That's a way, whoa. My dad was going because his company was in Orlando, but they were like, how about we go deal with this in Disney World? And I was like, yes, thank you. And 
AA, they call it pulling a locational, which is where you move to try to get away. And I know you're not supposed to do that when you're an addict, but it really works for my emotions. I pull locationals all the time. I'm like, okay, road trip, let's do it. I don't know why that's a bad thing to do. I think if you're an addict, it follows you. Got it. So she wants you to remember that teenagers want to be autonomous and at the same time, they want to connect. She goes into this story about how a lot of times you'll ask all the right questions, you'll try to prompt a conversation with your kid, and they have no interest in talking, and then right before bed, all they want to do is tell you stories. Sebastian does this now. I know, Luna does it too, or in the tub. Yep, tub's another one, where I'll pick them up from school, hey, tell me about your day, has nothing of any kind to add, and then all of a sudden, before bed or in the bath, and I'm always like, oh, it's because he doesn't want to do something else. No, it's because... They are making us amendable to their terms. And that's not a bad thing. I never really thought of it that way. I was always like, ugh, what a dick. I think after school, they're tired. It's hard to process. And then as they're winding down, it's easier to put it into words or something. Well, also, they know that you're tired at those times. So your line of questioning is going to be less. They can end the conversation by saying, okay, I'm going to bed now. It's very much on their terms. Oh, I love this. I know. Another thing, kids express themselves non verbally. So if they're not talking to you, you can also get clues from other things like the music they're listening to. If they go outside and they're kicking a ball really hard against a wall, if they're making art, these are all valuable and valid ways to express emotions. And they're a good way for you to take note of what's happening with your kids. I've watched BD Wong and Law and Order. I know what happens. If your kid is listening to an angry playlist, you know why they're probably feeling some feelings. They also say the best gift we can give our teens during these emotional periods is to be a steady presence. We're not alarmed. We can engage without jumping into action. I've learned that from my friend Jill. Part of a parent's job is kind of to keep taking the hits from their teenager and instead of being reactive, be the steady. And she's like, it's really hard because you want to be like, oh my God, you're being so mean to me. But some of it is a process where you just have to be steady so that they know that no matter what, you're not going to leave or abandon them. Absolutely. Remember to use curiosity and empathy and remember that our kids are watching how we handle our distress. Oh, God. I know. They always end these kinds of articles with, remember, your kids are watching you. As if we didn't. (laughs) We're creating an emotional atmosphere and we are teaching all the time, my friends. Oh, God. This parenting thing. I know. 24-7. Let me just be a cunty dick. Don't look at me while I do that. I mean, you can be a cunty dick, but you know what? Your kid's probably going to grow up to be a cunty dick, too. I know. It sucks. You can't expect more from them than you expect of yourself, unfortunately. And guys, I would love to know if you're parenting teenagers, what are some tips? What are some tricks and tips like Ashley's mom taking her to Disney World? I need to know. I must stockpile this information. Let me tell you, I briefly got back together with that boyfriend and my mom was like, I took you to Disney World. (laughs) You were not supposed to get back together with him. Do you know how much that vacation cost? (laughs) It actually didn't cost that much. It was just an extra flight. Our hotel was paid for because my dad was there. Hashtag swag bag. So TikTok got me. I was influenced and I bought a rollerball perfume called Hollywood Hills by Fifth, but it's spelt F-I-V-T-H. I don't like these. That's like that pure, but it's P-H-L-U-R. Just spell it. Just spell it. I think it was $24 and it was influenced because in the video, the woman said it smells like a rich woman in LA and it smells like 
what I imagine Gwyneth Paltrow to smell like. Does it smell like her pussy candle? It does smell like that candle, kind of. Just rich, floral, musk. I really like it. They make candles, and this... I guess they took the scent and put it into a rollerball, and I am very happy. Love that for you. I don't normally like comedy shows. Lee likes to watch stand-up comedy. I do, too. And on a whole, I don't usually think people are funny. I think I'm funny. I don't think anyone else is funny. No, I sometimes think people are funny. But I like John Mulaney. I like the heavy hitters. I don't usually like all comedy shows. But Leanne Morgan's I'm Every Woman on Netflix had me dying. She's a 50-something-year-old woman, very Southern, very Southern, very Southern. And she talks all about getting older. And the menopause jokes really slapped. Between talking about making out with someone who's wearing a CPAP machine and the hot flashes, I was like, you've got my number, Leanne. Lee watched it. We were rolling. And there's also just something about a very proper Southern woman with a Southern accent telling some raunchy jokes that's extra funny. Yeah, agreed. Because they're supposed to be all proper and stuff. Yeah, I like it. It's on Netflix. I'm every woman. Watch it. Awesome. Well, everybody have a great week. We love you. Bye. Bye. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow. We are out here on our own and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at Momtourage Podcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is a Cafe Mom podcast, written and produced by Ashley Herring-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at mamadramaband or mamadramaband.com. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.